Exciting adventure with us here on Discologist. I am your host, Kevin, as usual, and we got a really uh, kind of special show for you. Crack the Sky is Mastodon's fourth album. Came out 10 years ago now. This was at a point in, in their career where you know they had released Remission, Leviathan, and Blood Mountain in 2006 got a lot of attention, but it was still sort of like the underground stuff. But Crack the Sky was the one where all of a sudden everybody was like, holy shit, Mastodon is amazing. Uh, and Mastodon is amazing. Uh, this was an album, much like their other albums that dealt with, uh, <laughs> let's just say, uh, metal themes. Uh, there's a paraplegic who uh, can astral travel and gets caught in the body of Rasputin um, and then goes through hell to get back home. Uh, there's a metaphor in there somewhere. But the point is, is that uh, this is widely considered to be one of, uh, if not the sort of great masterpiece of Mastodon's career. And so on its anniversary, I wanted to get my friend Brian Gruner in here to talk about this. He is a, you've heard him on here before once in a while. He is not a uh, music critic. He's just a dad. And and as such, he's a, he's a dad who, who likes dad metal and uh, has a really, really cool sort of perspective on all this type of music. And, and uh, Mastodon is one of his favorites. So, you know, usually we... You know, we would like to review it or, or something. This is less of that. This is more just a conversation uh, with me and Brian about metal and about how uh, we process loud music like this and what it means uh, as we get older, what it means in, in the world around us and um, and why you might, if you're not really into metal, you might want to give it a second chance as it is often some of the most human music that we have today so that's what we're doing uh, for the next 30 or so minutes I want to get you in the mood here and uh, things off with the first track of this album Oblivion it sets the tone it gets you gets you pumped up and it's louder than hell uh, this is Oblivion off of Mastodon's masterpiece Crack the Sky
little bit of oblivion off of Craig Sky, uh, Mastodon's 2009 album, and arguably the album that really got them into the mainstream, uh, the, the lords of metal where they are today. Joining us to talk about this on its 10-year anniversary is Mr. Brian Gruner. How you doing, Brian? Doing good, man. How are you? Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Excited that we can do this because we never got to really get you on a lot of the ones that we did when we lived in a basement. Yeah. And, and, but I, I think, uh, you, you know, a lot about music and, and specifically dad metal. Uh, yeah, it's my forte. <laughs> it is your forte. Uh, if you, if you listeners can see our G chats, it's all about just like this metal. I'm listening to this metal. Um, who is it? Uh, elder is, is big on the, on the playlist. Um, but Mastodon, I think for both of us, uh, holds a sort of a special place and they are, um, to my mind, right now, uh, easily the, like the top practicing metal band. And you think that's far off? Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think um, they have uh, taken a lot of the sludginess and uh, some of the more awesome parts of metal and made it a little bit more uh, palatable to the mainstream, maybe. Yeah, and at the same time, keeping the the um, nerdness. And I think that's what when people get scared uh, about. Uh, metal or the sound and stuff there is a thing to understand unless you're talking about black metal there is such a deep level of nerdery to all these people that are making this music uh you know this is you look at the names of their albums you know remission leviathan blood mountain crack the sky um emperor of sand i mean come on that's a dune reference <laughs> you don't <laughs> you know you, that, that's not something you're gonna see uh say the shins talking about um, and 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 this one in particular is about a a, a paraplegic who can only astral travel and gets lost in time and it involves Rasputin and the devil. And it's, it's, it, you know, they tell these stories, even if honestly, 10 years later, I can't get that out of the songs. <laughs> yeah. I think, that. I think Bill Kelleher says that um, he, he recommends, well, doesn't recommend, but he says acid is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> also just reading the description, you know, <laughs> you, you, you look at, at the song titles in here. Oblivion Divination's quint- Quintessence, that's a hard word to say, uh, then The Czar, which is a four-movement four epic, uh, Ghost of Corellia, Kare- that sounds like some sci-fi series that your son would read or something, <laughs> you know, and, and, it, and, it, and, it, and it is, um, you know, some for some people it's off-putting, but for me, I think it, it sort of belies like the fun in this kind of music, because, you know, you listen to it sort of to unwind, right? Absolutely. Um, I mean, my ideal Saturday morning, and I'm I'm waiting. I'm looking out my window and just waiting for it to warm up yeah. a little bit and get the great cat uh, grass growing. Because uh, I'll get out there with my earbuds and just throw on some dad metal and yeah, get yeah. into my uh, get into my catharsis out there. Yeah. So, so for you, what about um, what about Mastodon? You think has has made them last, and what makes this sort of a uh, a high watermark uh, in their career? Um, I think you touched on a little bit. Uh, they are uh, technically just incredible musicians, all four of them. Um, you know, when I when I listen to the music, uh, I I like to try to listen to each instrument and their part and the tone and everything individually, but at the same time, list, like listening to all of them at the same time and seeing where they complement each other and fill in each other's spaces. And I think they. Um, they do an incredible job doing that. Like uh, Brent Hines' leads are so creative, but uh, yeah. you know Bill Kelleher's riffs are just so um, incredible. They, I mean, he's uh, sludgy and crunchy, but he's also very technical. And then 
I mean, I think a lot of the songs on here, uh, you can hear this uh, on the instrumental version, but because uh, yeah. I think a lot of it, I think a lot of the music can get covered up by the lyrics and vocals. But I mean, I love the, voc- the vocals and lyrics, but just focusing on their technicality, um, mm-hmm. they just mend so well together. But then I think if you see them, uh, if you've seen any of their interviews together, they, mm-hmm. uh, they're incredibly down to earth and very humble. So, I mean, yeah. I think not having, I don't know the guys, um, sure, you know, sure, I, sure. I can't, I can't tell you if they have any kind of ego or not, but I don't really feel like that comes through in the music. They're so cohesive and so um, willing to throw it back and forth to each other and just let, let the other yeah. person's crea- creativity run. I, I think if you understand how music is made um, and for, you know, we'll talk about the instrumental versions of this. Sure. For- uh, for right now because if you get the and I, I don't know if this was out when the album came out but it's out now so if you go on like apple music or spotify there's instrumental versions of all these songs and and i think that gets to the point of what you know metal players are aren't just like well they some some are meatheads <laughs> but, but, but 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 it's not mutually exclusive like they're they're, they're not not necessarily like meatheads who are just like i want to make loud music i want to uh just you know rock and roll man and satan and all that stuff they are very often uh studied classical musicians um and i say classical because you know these guys aren't playing in the symphony or anything but for you know, the guitars of uh, Brent Hines and Bill Kelleher, for them to develop to the level that they're at, they sure did have to like practice and train like a classical musician. Yeah, absolutely. You don't, you don't, you don't get that just by, you know, watching YouTube videos. And, and I think this runs through a lot of metal, definitely Mastodon. And I, and I wonder if that's maybe the secret to their success, why they resonate, say, for me, more so uh, than other metal bands. Uh, there is a musicality to their work. Um, that is undeniable. Absolutely. And, and, and that is often, you know, we react to two different things as music listeners, you know, the human voice we react, I think best to, because it's us. Right. Mm-hmm. But, but then um, remove that. And, and what it takes is that strong uh, melodic sense. And there's not a single thing in their catalog, certainly not on this album where that is not like front and center. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny that like the music, I feel like they compose it so well that it uh, the music harmonizes with the vocals, though, as well. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, their their voices while they're, you know, telling they're us using- some crazy story, they're using their voices as instruments as well that completely complement the music. Yeah. And, and, and that's that's, you know, gets into that musicality. The, the voice is an instrument. Yep. Um, and so if you're going to use it, it's not just about saying words on top. The words are important. They're not always important, though. We have a long history, you know, a do, 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 a da, 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 the police, you know, right. where, where the words don't mean anything. Um, but they, they sounded right over that. And and when artists do that, um, it, it makes the song. It, it brings it all together. And these guys, how long have these guys been together? Like since 2000? Something like that. Yeah, they've been. Yeah. So yeah. they're almost together 20 years now. Um, you know, if you if you track their career uh, through the albums, I think stylistically, like Emperor Sand is uh, more poppy, to be honest, um, and fucking rock. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think I think it was a second song. Show yourself. I mean, that was just a right. I, 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 I'm not. I love that album. That was my yeah. that and Elder. Those were my two favorite albums of that year. And it that that was a real hard toss up. But I think Show Yourself was just um, 
man, that that had radio playability. Um, it still uh, carried on with the theme of that album, and stylistically, they all were able to shine on that as well. Yeah, yeah, and they and but and it was popping. And yeah, and they don't get there on any of these earlier albums, but right. you, can, you can see the intricacy that led there, the harmonies. You know, if you, if you put it in terms of, you know, the Beach Boys crafting harmonies, this is more like somebody who really likes the Beach Boys. Right. <laughs> and, then, and then by Emperor Sand, they get there. I want to play a little track now because, you know, as we mentioned, the plot of this, um, you know, it is there, – there are two things at play here. One is this is sci-fi plot involving Rasputin. Another is, is talking about um, suicide. And loss and death, and uh, that's not something you often see addressed this way. Uh, but this is the last track on the album. You get a little taste of, of where they end up, and, and at this point, I think the journey is um, our, our hero has gone through Rasputin and is now like, uh, maybe being redeemed or not. I don't know. But this is a little bit of last bit.
the last Baron, that is um, that is some like prime grade A end credit shit. You just saw the Rock like save the world from an earthquake, and you know this is it. And and you know that's an album form, right? Yep. You know, so and the idea is is that um, I, and I kind of think in a lot of metal, this is the idea that you go on a journey, mm-hmm. um, a musical journey. But they are so good at it. They they get you there. So when you get to the last Baron, which is twelve minutes and fifty eight seconds long, you've earned it. Absolutely. I'm, and, you're uh, the, and you're there for the whole song. Yeah, I think um, that's you know I feel like that's uh, that's kind of that's common with a lot of uh, like the doom and sludge metal bands, the ones mm-hmm. that they will have twenty minute long songs. And some I I know for some people that can be really fatiguing getting through mm-hmm. that but sure. um when you're uh, when you can get yourself in a mindset of like listening to a story i mean give me an hour you know yeah. I'll, I'll go with it but yeah. it's like when when you have that 12 minutes there and that last song you have um these movements in the song or in the song that just change so dramatically with each section but mm-hmm. they blend perfectly into each other yeah you know it it it, it they do like just sort of like we've been saying they blend into each other um sometimes i wonder if uh metal artists in general do this to um maybe be taken more seriously um because look you should be taken seriously as a a, a top level musician if you can play any of this um, and as seriously as somebody who plays, you know, violin or cello or anything in the symphony, um, this often gets muddied with the look, you know, the the tattoos, the long hair, uh, nose piercing, yeah. eye, you know, and all that. And that's and that's look, that's part of the scene. And and you know, as as much as that is a part of rebellion and metal, I think it's funny that it's it's not so much because they're all the same now. Yeah. You know, and and underneath, you know, you mentioned that they're humble guys. Underneath, it's just the, these nice dudes. <laughs> yeah, like, absolutely. You know, they're screaming at you and getting out the, whatever emotions they need. Um, and then you talk to them and they're like, hey, dude, what's up? Yeah, I think um, I think, uh, you know, metal has always had this image of like evil and everything. But mm-hmm. um, these guys, they just seem so humble. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I like Cannibal Corpse, the lead singer, George yeah. Corpse Grinder Fisher. Uh, you know, I follow him on Instagram and his favorite thing to do whenever he gets into whatever town he's going to be playing in, loves to go to Target. Mm-hmm. He loves going to Target and looking for <laughs> toys. I mean, he posted a picture of himself outside Bush Gardens this last week holding this huge oh stuffed God. pink flamingo. You know, I mean, yeah. these guys are just normal dudes who just, you yeah. know, sing about Rasputin or, you know, yeah. butchering well, bodies or whatever. Yeah, and and you know, but they also get out. You know, we we associate songs of like sadness and loss with um, honestly folk more than anything. But you know, there's there's moments in like pop and stuff where you have sure. that. But but you know, I I I to my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, don't really um, uh, associate that with any metal songs. But um, you know, the, there's the song on here specifically, "Crack the Sky," um, is is about uh, Daler's uh, death of his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, who committed suicide at age 14 and you know this is that was years ago because these guys yep. are what, like in their they've got to be in their 40s maybe yeah absolutely um and you know that type of thing sticks with you and we know um factually that music isn't just about like you listen to it as a release but the people who make it as a release mm-hmm. and um I, I think that might be one of the secrets to their success and the reason this album has persisted and when it comes up people can be like oh yeah crack the sky is because that's that's just something um 
it's ballsy to talk about it. Yeah. You know, and, and to be like, this is my pain and I don't want to exploit it. I don't, uh, and, but I really want to address like what, this is how it makes me feel. Yeah. Um, and I, this was sort of the first time they got that in their music or not the first time they tried, but the first time they really got it in their music. Sure. I mean, previous to that, I mean, um, you had Leviathan and that was all about Moby Dick and everything. And I mean, and they had some killer songs. I mean, they had some killer songs in all their previous albums, but I feel like, um, uh, I, I feel like they really shine when, um, they do have concept for their album and there's a whole lot of personal stuff, uh, that they're, um, you know, this is, this is their catharsis. They're, you know, ability to, to write these songs and form these songs um, that were birthed out of this hardship or life experience or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, the song Crack the Sky uh, with Scott Kelly from Neurosis singing on that, you can yeah. hear the torment and bleeding and uh, just um, uh, in his in his voice, <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, his, yeah. He's, yeah. as he's singing. singing about um Bron Daler's sister I mean um yeah. you know he took a picture of his sister into the recording studio and he was recording the vocals and he was like really trying to um put into put into those lyrics or put into yeah. his singing uh the pain and the you know well just, he was trying to he was trying to find the empathy like he right. he, he reportedly talked to brand dealer's father mm-hmm. about this and that that's not something um y- you know a lot of times writing a song is a solitary thing you right know, you do your research out in the world you know by living in the world and then you sort of reflect that back this is something more this is um this is uh and obviously again part of their success to this day uh that they're actually a band they're brothers yep um, and you see this, uh, in, in this action, you know, you could easily just be like, Oh, I know somebody who committed suicide. I'll just write from that. And instead he went, uh, at risk of like reopening old wounds mm-hmm. clear. Um, but that, uh, Daler's father was willing to speak about this and brand was willing to speak about this. Like, Hey guys, this is, this has really fucked me up for a long time, Yeah, but it is, uh, you know, I, I need to get it out. And they were like, you know what? We're going to help it out. Uh, and there's something very sweet about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, maybe more people should. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, more people should, you know, listen to some metal. <laughs> get some yeah. Metal. <laughs> yeah. And, 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 and not be like scared of it because there is, you know, at the end of the day, any type of music uh, that you listen to, there's a human story. Yeah. Um, even even in the in the, you know, most crass or basic of pop music, there, there's going to be a human story. And, um, you know, some music forces you to acknowledge that more than others. Yeah. And I, I think this definitely forces you to acknowledge it. Um, you know, like I said, they, if I'm listening to this album, 
and I don't know any context. I'm just like, oh, this is just rock, right? Right. Uh, they they did a very good thing, and they and they do a very good thing. Um, and one thing that they're good at is is providing that context. So you don't get the Mastodon album um, just blind. You get this context of the story of what their plot is. You get the context of, of this song is about his sister. And, and they're, they're upfront about that and letting you into their life instead of just being some weird icon that right. people can look up to, which is good and bad. If, sure. You know, pe- people have to have that when they're, they're younger. But, um, you know, you know this from working in proximity uh, to people like this at the 930 Club. Uh, I know it from like being, you know, in a pit, you know, they're just people. Yep. And, and the more you invest in um, knowing those people in some way, uh, the more rewarding all of this is going to be. Um, Dad it makes Rock, you a better person too. I mean, I think so. just uh, developing that empathy. I mean, I think if uh, more people had the empathy that these guys, uh, yeah. you know, exhibit on this album, I mean, the world would be a better place. Yeah, you know, just yeah, just a I mean, little empathy. There, there. I, I think it was like their manager just died, um, right? And and seeing the reactions, that was absolutely heartbreaking. Um, and you could see like the and and they didn't they didn't hide it. You could see the pain they were in, and just be like, "Hey guys, you know this is this is this sucks." Yeah. Um. And but we're in it together, and and I think that's the point. Um. You know, to to that end, do you think um, metal? Is something better experienced on a record or uh, with a crowd of uh, a thousand of your closest friends who you don't know? Um, I think there's uh, for me personally, I, uh, I I love going to a metal show. I love mm-hmm. the energy there. Um, but for me, it's just uh, for me, it's such a catharsis. Just earbuds in and kind of zone yeah. out, put in my own, get in my own little world and just analyze the fuck out of the music in my head yeah yeah it's like um um it's not a hobby for sure <laughs> but it but it is it, it you know it's like you're not a big sports guy uh, neither am i it's it it is uh there's something in us though that you know requires that type of analysis of things that's why people love sports yep they run they run the stats and when you do it with music um you find uh, uh i like to say the ultimate stats it's all math Yep. Um, to be to be clear and you know you can start to see the the genius and the divinity within the equations of what right. they're doing and then when people do it like this um for 12 minutes you know it, it gives you a more expansive view instead of just a three minute hit and you're like how the fuck did they do that yeah and right you can you can sit in it and you can start like you said you study it um, if you you could play it on the banjo I gave you. Yes, I've been practicing. I've been practicing <laughs> yeah, the yeah. the opening of um, what is it, divinations? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, divinations, <laughs> and and you know, so you you can you can translate this into your life in in any way you want and learn from it. And I think that's um, not just metal, but more complex music. You know, I think if you if you listen to metal, give classical a try. Yep. Start with start with movie soundtracks, dude. The anything John Williams. The ET soundtrack is a classic for a reason, huh. um, and and it, and it is some of the uh, it, it easily one of the best like modern compositions of, of you know the twentieth century. Um, and and then think about that if you want to really nerd out, be like, what if Mastodon covered that? Yeah, because shit like that happens because they can. They're equipped. They have the tools. Well, they've uh, they've gotten into like um, film scores. They did the yeah. I, I never saw the movie. I heard it sucked, so I never saw it. But the Jonah Hex movie. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, very on brand for them. <laughs> right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, um, 
yeah, it totally translates well. The the musicality of uh, I don't know. I think we were talking about this on the break. Hopefully, it wasn't. I think it was while we were listening yeah. to a song. But that's something about music that's all or heavy metal music always um, been striking to me. I mean, I I was never a huge classical music fan as a kid, but I remember, uh, you know, my first album was Injustice for All, and hearing the movements oh, yeah. and the um reality of it i was like this, this sounds just like the symphony music that you know my parents play sometimes just yeah. a little bit faster and maybe a little bit more um a little bit louder yeah but, some fuzz on it right exactly yeah and, and a guy screaming who's scary you know the, the funny the, fu- the funniest trick about metal um as we start to wind this down that i found is um, and everybody has their own generation of this, but like, so for me, it was hair metal because mm-hmm. I'm old. Um, but you saw the idea that you could think of Bon Jovi in any way is scary, Oh God! <laughs> but you saw him on MTV. Right. Oh. And, and, and it just like this, this look was different. It was scary, but what came out was pure pop. Right. And, and, and that was the trick and, and whether they meant to or not, you know, a lot of what we've been talking about is empathy and, and understanding like the other mm-hmm. uh, and being like, it's okay if it's different, it's okay to be different. It, you know, you're all going to be talking about the same thing, except those Norwegian fucks who talk about like killing people. That's weird. Yeah. But, that, that got a little too far, but uh, you yeah. know, they, they left their mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, to be fair, that's part of humanity. Yep, absolutely. So it, it's not it's not coming from a place that doesn't exist. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know that we necessarily have the capacity to do that as human beings. Um, so you know, it it is um, sort of a gateway into uh, just uh, I don't know being being a more engaged part of the world. Often, yeah. Uh, talk about a band that we both love, Elder. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never see them. I missed the one show in Baltimore. Oh man, that was a hell of a show. And the great, the great thing about that show was they went on at like seven thirty. Yeah. I mean, I was in bed by ten p.m. Yeah. Talk yeah. about dad metal. Yeah, that's that's dad metal stream because you don't need to be up late to hear that shit. But, right, right. But they're they're also of this, and and I and I know they've been around for I think close to as long. Um, maybe not twenty years, but they they also they they've benefited from Mastodon. From seeing bands like this out there, because they, they're they're a little more sludgy, mm-hmm. uh, but they're but they're just as melodic. Absolutely, uh, they're, and their stuff uh, as they've gone on in the career, much like Mastodon, their stuff lightens up a little, and uh, and lets more people in. And I think that um, that can do nothing but benefit like the world. Honestly, I, I hate I hate <laughs> I don't hate I love it. They were sort of like metal can save the world, but it kind of can. Right? Uh, yeah, I mean. I think uh, the more people open up and just kind of, I, I mean, my my kids playing every time I play <laughs> any of my music, especially metal. Yeah. But, um, you know, I talk to you about this often, but I was in an elder hole for probably about six months last year. Right, right. And, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, the, the kids got to the point where, I mean, they did get to the point where they were like, oh, please listen to something else. But they weren't complaining about the music itself. And yeah. Rochelle is not a metal fan at all, yeah. but she does not mind when I play Elder because it's um, it's heavy, but it's so melodic and so, um, and I don't want to say accessible in a bad way, but it's very accessible because mm-hmm. it's easy to listen to and it's not, um, it's just so well done, so well yeah. made. And it's not like 
offensive to uh, the ears of people who are not really metalheads. Yeah, and, and it's talking about human things. Right, exactly. At, at, at the end of the day, that's what it all comes down to. Thanks to Brian for hanging out. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing from him. You're going to be hearing from him a little more, uh, certainly more than you used to. It's funny, you know, we, we just, uh, the time just didn't work out to have him on when we were in Washington, D.C. But now that we are internet enabled, makes it a whole lot easier. So look forward to talking with him a whole lot more. He's a righteous dude, and he likes his metal. And I learn a lot from talking to him, and I hope you do too. Uh, that's it for this episode. If you like what you heard, subscribe to us in Apple Podcast, Google Play, Mixcloud, Stitcher, and you can also listen to us on Spotify. We're out there on the web at www.chunkyglasses.com because we are a Chunky Glasses production. Uh, you can also find our live coverage there out every night of the week in Washington, D.C., mostly uh, covering live shows as they happen. And then uh, our other podcast, Dead to Me, is out there, hosted by uh, Casey Ray. That is coming to an end. That season is coming to an end, so who knows what will be next. It has been, in fact, a long, strange trip. Uh, in the next few episodes, we're going to be talking about X-Hex. I think we're going to be talking about Garcia Peoples has a new album coming out. I'm going to try to get some interviews going here in Milwaukee, and uh, who knows where we'll go from there. As always, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back in a few short days. Until then, uh, listen to some good music, guys, and tell your friends about it. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.